Welcome to The Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. Welcome to The Family Room. I'm Mari, and I'm here with John and Craig. Hey, guys. Hello, Mari. Hey, Mari. And so today we don't have a guest. We get to be us. Say we're flying solo, but we're not. Flying trio? Is that what we are? (laughs) We're trio flyers. There we go. As long as we're not the three stooges, that's fine. No, we're not. (laughs) Well, maybe one of us is a stooge. Is that what we're saying? Uh, John, would you go ahead and open us in prayer? I would be glad to. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, in your wisdom, you sent your Son as part of all the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. And we just ask as we think about our families today that you bless us and inspire us to share good things about families, to grow our families. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So last time we had our what we call our banter show, where it's just the three of us, we had a great conversation um, talking about the smorgasbord of wonderful treats we had. We pulled out mm-hmm. our, of our refrigerator. Um, right. Dave, our producer, gave us that imagery of that. I think I got the broccoli, but it's okay with that. Healthy. Uh, it was healthy, yes. We And we talked about the wonderful things that we heard from our different guests. And we talked a lot about the themes of wounds and wounds we've had in our lives and healing of wounds as well as prayer and just those themes. Those had seemed to be mm-hmm. a number of the themes that went along. And so today, I think it's interesting if we think about what we've got coming up. I know here in the U.S. over the next couple of months, we have several holidays where we honor our parents, honor our moms in May, our dads in June. If you're listening to this on a podcast, I don't know what month you're listening, but you guys know that May and June are big months for honoring our parents. And so I thought it might be interesting if we talked about instead of the wounds and things we've received we talk about some of the blessings that we've received from our parents and then how that passes along because you know in scripture god talks a lot about inheritance and a lot of about um, receiving blessings and sending blessings on and there are different stories we know about the blessings being passed from father to son etc so it might be fascinating to talk about that what do you guys think i think that's a good idea yeah, especially when you think about the generational differences. I mean, we are a bit older, mm-hmm. and you know, my parents were Depression mm-hmm. babies, mm-hmm. and had a lot of World War II veteran type people. Mm-hmm. They grew up in a very different world than we did, and certainly our kids have. And I think some of the challenges that they faced actually made them and brought the character out in them that made us, you know, who we are. And frankly, made our country what it is today and our church and everything else. So I think it's a good idea. Let's dive into that and see where we go. And yeah, and that's a really cool way to think of it, too. You know, they were facing a, a world war. Well, as we say here in the family room, we're still at war. We are. It's just more of a spiritual war in some ways here. And so those same blessings, graces, strength, providing things that we got from our parents. I think we, our kids do need them in spades. I mean, they need them so much today to fight the war that's going on. Well, we live in a world that tries to give us a pill to solve a problem. And, you know, we want to get rid of pain and suffering. That's the new mentality. Mm-hmm. And um, doesn't line up with God's teachings because he constantly talks about crisis. Pick up your cross. Unless you're willing to suffer with me, you're not really my disciple. Things like that. And I think that coming out of those generations, they they suffered, 
they picked up their cross. They didn't mm. know any better. They battled through. And and by the way, they were much more joyful people in a lot of cases. They had far less. My parents had far less than what I have, and they were happy people. I mean, if you want to talk about family room memories, mm. stuff that they would talk about mm-hmm. that you're like, really, you know, <laughs> odd houses and you know, not no heat in a country farmhouse type of a thing, but yet they loved their lives. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. And they didn't have social media telling them that they didn't have what everybody else had, right? Oh, that's no. fascinating. Interesting. Well, why don't we um, we start that with that question? We can think about that. What kind of things did you inherit from your mom, your dad, other family members that you are thankful for? You know, oftentimes we think of qualities, you know, oh, I got their nose, I got their eyes or whatever, right? Those physical qualities. But there are a lot of other qualities, um, whether they're spiritual qualities or or these mental strength kind of things that you're talking about, Craig, um, or emotional qualities. What kind of things did you get from your mom or your dad or your grandparents? John, you look like the great thinker over there. Why don't you go ahead? I only look like a great thinker. (laughs) There's so much, but I think that there was... Some would say stubborn, mm. uh, but there was a tenacity uh, in, in both of my parents. And I think it's what you guys were just saying. They were both uh, children of the Depression. Mm-hmm. Um, my paternal grandfather died when my dad was 10. Mm. And so my uh, paternal grandmother raised him. Um, he used to talk about mustard sandwiches, and she would borrow money from family and friends to get shoes and clothes and stuff like that. And my uh, grandfather, maternal grandfather, was a contractor. He lost their house in the depression Mm. and bought a house for, I don't know, 50 bucks past taxes. I saw pictures like what he did to fix that house and make it livable was unbelievable. But, um, it was just like, um, I don't know. There was just like a determination. You just don't give up. And I know that I, I know that maybe if you interviewed Barbara, she would say, yeah, it's definitely stubborn, (laughs) but I think there's a determination. I think about my professional life and people say, well, how'd you get that done? I'm like, uh, you just do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any mm-hmm. questions? Uh, I'm not. I'm not a rough like you know kick butt kind of guy. I just like I think you go. You just so go. Sounds like perseverance. It to perseverance me. is yeah. a good thing, and I learned that. Yeah. I think I learned that from. And I when I think about parents, I think of my mother, my father, and my grandmother. Yeah, because yeah. she lived in the house with us, and you did not want to cross the grandmother. <laughs> you know, and we missed that. That was such a cool time when mm-hmm. generations were living together yeah. and how much you mm-hmm. gained from that. Yeah. yeah. It's funny too, because I heard the story of a psychologist who went over to Italy and he'd lived there for a while and somebody asked him how his practice was and he said, it's terrible. And they were like, what are you talking about? He goes, at least the generations he was there, people don't need me because mm-hmm. they have their families. Yeah. They had mom, grandma, grandpa. And yeah, it wasn't always the most fun but you had a security and you had a whatever. And, you know, looking back, I think um, security was a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dad worked construction, so he was that big, tough guy. But he was goofy as all get out and he liked to have fun. Um, didn't say very much. He was not the wise sage of, here, I'm going to pass this wisdom down to you. Um, never told me he loved me when I was growing up, but I knew he did. Mm. He was at everything he could be. Um he worked, you know, he was in construction. So they only got paid when they worked. He worked his tail off. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those where in Cleveland, Ohio, in the middle of winter, he's working outside construction. His hands are busted up. Literally, he would tape his fingers together with electric tape wow. and keep going. Didn't take days off. And my mother was one of the first 
true female executives at American Greeting, the, the greeting card company. Mm. Um, she worked there years after it was founded, but the original uh, founders were there. And she was on a uh, major projection to be the first female vice president as long as she didn't have children. Wow. Because she uh. had a few miscarriages and some different things. And she made it really clear to me on a regular basis <laughs> that, comes. that no, it, it was true. She, she, she said, you know, I actually made more money than your father did. And it didn't bother either one of them because, you know, they could build a house, whatever. But she said, um, I felt it was more important that I gave you myself, mm. not yeah. more money, yeah. not a car. She was, I could have kept working and bought you all kinds of cars, but I just felt it was really important that I was here to be with you. And that's kind of stuck with me my whole life. You know, even though I've made all the mistakes in the world of working more than I should have and, you know, kind of leaving my parents, that was always in the back of my mind. Don't don't chase the ring. Don't chase after the money. Be there for the people you love. Man. Oh, that's cool. So it sounds like that really had an impact on you and you're passing that on. That's your choice. That's how you're choosing trying Tr- to. Trying to. I've failed yeah. a lot, but I'm I'm trying to. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. Um, I love that. Yeah, with my parents, uh, it is interesting. They both came from, well, different kinds of backgrounds, but my dad, you know, he was from, uh, he is from Queens, New York, you know, and lived in a um, lower middle class family. Um, His mom didn't work. His dad did work. uh, But they were very, you know, very basic, you know, living, whatever, and a lot of hard work. But what I what I realized for, especially my dad, self-reliance, you know, a lot of self-reliance. Mm-hmm. He started working mm-hmm. at a very young age um, to make the money to help both at home and also for anything he might want. And he had a, he did a really good job of learning from anybody he could learn. Yeah. Just from all the different people he worked with and for, he learned from every single one of them, from the, um, the, the Jewish guy who owned the delicatessen who gave him ideas to the, the people he caddied for at the golf course to the, you know, the newspaper routes he had to do in the middle of wintertime and his bike would fall over. And, you know, he just, it was a lot of, as you said, perseverance, hard work, self-reliance. Um, and he would tell us, you know, get your priorities straight, make sure your priorities are straight. And, and it wasn't about the money. It was about the freedom that money brought. And so he had this, uh, he still has this real big mantra that, you know, money is not for buying a lot of great things. Money is for having freedom and flexibility in your life. And I think that was a really important message, especially in this very material age that we live in. It was good for us to hear that and to know that when I was younger, and that is one of those things I think I'm, my husband and I both George and I really try to pass on to our kids too is that we never had the best of everything and we never had we never had cable TV we you know we chose to live at a certain with a certain style we have chosen that I think um, because there's a lot more that money is important to be used for that's such a critical point the whole freedom piece because that is important like tithing I get that it's a percentage it's a fraction but there's a certain freedom that comes with being responsible mm-hmm. so that you can make those decisions and you can make a decision that says so-and-so needs money and mm-hmm. we can do that. And yeah. it's, it's not going to break the bank, but it's not fun either. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's powerful. Well, it's yeah. interesting too, because these are inherent biblical principles that even though they didn't talk about them as such, they lived them because mm-hmm. again, generationally, these were kind of the mindsets that were passed along. 
you know, in our house, there was responsibility, meaning you did something, you admitted to it. You mm-hmm. stood up and said, yeah, yeah. that was me. Mm-hmm. There was um, truth. You know, today you live in a world like everything is much more gray mm. than it is. Well, there's a truth and there's not a truth. And, you know, my my parents, my dad probably walked the line of what truth was sometimes more than my mother did. But we called him on and he called us on it. But, yeah, there was that reality of, you know, here's how you treat people. Yes. You know, my yeah. father was a construction worker, probably... Uh, you know, even though he graduated high school, uh, I have a feeling they passed him along in high school just to get him out of there because he was, he was, because he he liked to have a lot of fun. But I recognize that 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 you know, reading, writing, arithmetic were not his forte. But I went to a high school that had a lot of guys that were executives, business owners, doctors, lawyers, whatever, and he'd show up in his coveralls, and my mm. mom would be like, "What are you doing?" And he was simply like, "Look at." They're men just like I am. They put their pants on the same way I do. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like me for who I am, won't repeat it on the air. Yeah. But he would say then, you know, I don't have time for those kind of people. Let's see how that suit holds up when the toilet don't flush. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, seriously, it was have pride in who God made you to be. Again, yeah. without saying it. Right. It was, right. you know, your lot in life is what it is. Stand tall in that yeah. lot in life yeah. and live it. And be content. I think that's a huge piece too, right? Be content with God, what God has given you. You know, and as we're as we're talking about our parents, I'm thinking about how their experiences shaped them. And God knew that the experiences they would have would shape them, that they would then pass that down to each of us, and that, you know, that would then build on what experiences we have and that would shape what we pass on to our children because there's no question each of us was put in that family for a purpose, right? God knew and ordained ahead of time who our parents would be. They knew he knew and ordained ahead of time who our children would be. And so each of us, you know, each of us, I think it's so important. And I try to remind people sometimes when they're bemoaning, oh my gosh, I'm not being a good mom or whatever. God chose you to be that person's mom. God chose you to be with that person's dad because God knew there was something in your wisdom, your experience, your giftedness that that child needs from you. And it's not going to be what that child can get from anybody else, but that child can only get that from you. And I'm thinking like with my mom, she came from a um, a challenging home just in that um, her dad was a colonel in the, in the military and um, there were some there were some challenges in uh, between her parents and she, one of the things that she really drilled into my sister and me is someday when you choose a husband choose a husband who's going to be a really good dad it was very clear and that came from her own experience yeah. you know and make sure you choose a man who has it who is joyful who loves children and who's going to be a really strong and really good dad and a loyal partner and i think that's one of the reasons i chose george was because in my mind i knew i was shopping not just for a husband i was shopping for a dad for my children that i was hoping and praying that i would be blessed with and he's an amazing dad and so i look at that and that's a gift that i got from my mom based on her own personal circumstance right um it's very interesting both my parents were also real adventurers they both they went off and uh before you know, at, in early in their early twenties, they they left the U.S. and they both lived really? in Europe. That's cool. 
when they were in there, my mom was literally seven months pregnant with my sister. They were 20 in their mid twenties and they moved to Guam, which was a speck in the middle of the ocean. They had decided that when they got there, they were going to use the the, the wooden boxes and crates that the furniture and things came in to build themselves a house because they had no idea how they would live, but they just went off. Um, and did that. Now they didn't have to do that. There were houses on Guam. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, they were they were real um, adventuresome, yeah. and they were willing to go against the current and what everybody else did. So I think they also tra- taught us kind of this boldness and this courage. Yeah. You know, and I look at things like this, like doing a radio show. So for you guys listening, we are here um, in the family room and we're just talking. This is Mari, Craig and John. We're talking about what did we inherit from our parents and what kind of blessings? And uh, I didn't know anything about radio. Two years ago, I was asked to do this. And, you know, God said, yeah, say yes. And I said, yes. But I think that takes a little bit of boldness and adventure. And that spirit I got from my parents, just try it. Just you can do anything if you just want to try it. So pretty fascinating. That is pretty great. So were there any other men or women who played um, kind of a blessed role in your personal formation when you guys were growing up? I know you mentioned, John, your grandmother. My grandmother was, yeah. yeah. She was the one when mom and dad were busy whenever that kind of would fill the gaps. She was the one. I played the trumpet from third grade through occasionally in college, mostly for mass things and stuff like that. But um, she was the one when I was learning who would get stand next to me with the music stand and count out the beats and, and make sure I got, the, I, she never played the trumpet. She played the piano. I don't know how she knew what to do, but it seemed to me like she did and it worked. Um, but she was the one who did that. She was the one who would read the Sunday visitor to us. I, I contend I've always had really good test scores, particularly at like verbal and reading. Um, and I, I contend that it was because in the summers, when we were off, she would say, oh, we grew up in Chicago. How hot does it? Well, it gets hot in Chicago, but not like down here, right? <laughs> uh-huh. so, but it'd be like, it's between 12 and 3. It's the hottest part of the day. You, we need to have lunch and you need to be inside, not outside. We want to be outside playing. We were all in the living room. and The family room. The family the family room. We actually, we didn't have a family room. Our family room was a living room. <laughs> actually, we called it the parlor. I'm not sure why. But my grandmother and, and my mom frequently read books to us, like a book, thick book. And we would read a couple chapters each afternoon. And I swear, just hearing that improved my vocabulary, all yeah. of our vocabulary. Yeah. And, and so, but she was the one who, who would do that. And she could get a hold of your ear and twist in such fashion <laughs> if you chose to get out of line that it was inspiring. <laughs> I guess it was. Well, teaching you obedience. It was obedience. Mm-hmm. And she was the prayerful one. She, my parents were both very devout. And we said the family rosary every night. But it was my grandmother who taught me um, certain principles like ask and you shall receive. The woman was fearless. Sometimes mm-hmm. we'd be like, you can't ask that word. Ask and you shall receive. And she received a lot. Oh, that's so cool. But she would teach that. And then she was the other one. Like when I couldn't get homework done, she said, have you said a prayer? If I don't have time to do my homework, Graham, <laughs> how am I going to find time for a prayer? If you say a prayer, the homework will go better. Not possible. Finally, you give up and say a prayer. It works. To this day, like when I'm having a bad time, I think about my grandmother. I say a prayer and get back at it. That's so those were the very practical things, you know, because she had some hard times. I mean, it's funny, too, because I'm reading something on discernment of spirits and 
you know, desolation and consolation and, and desolation is we want to give up a lot of times because God feels so far away and we feel like we're getting mm-hmm. our brains beat in. It sounds like kind of the world we live in some days, right? Uh-huh. And, you know, there's some key St. Ignatius teachings. You don't make any decisions to walk away from your prayerfulness during those times. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, when you're in really tough times, you double down. Yeah. You know, so your grandmother kind of taught you that principle without calling it what it is. But it, it's true. My my mother has said it, and I know there have been studies done on prayer that if you prioritize, you put God first, it's amazing how your day continues to lengthen. You get everything done you needed to. And for me, you know, Mari, I would say that the influence on me was a few priests, mm-hmm. just very manly type priests that I was around that you looked at normal guys, you know, not mealy mouth and sad and downtrodden. Mm. But there were a couple tough Irishmen that were at my old high school that, you know, you just loved them to death and, you know, made fun of me when I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Um, And honestly and truly, it was just, I grew up in a very nice but blue collar area. Most of my friends' parents were just solid people Mm -hmm. that you looked at and admired because they were good people. They, They weren't chasing something. They didn't neglect their kids I mean, we all knew if I went to their house, a parent was going to be there. And they just gave you a big hug and welcomed you in. And, I mean, it was just your family. You became everybody's family. Mm -hmm. And we didn't have mansions. We didn't have five-bedroom houses. I mean, we all lived in 1,800-foot houses. And sometimes you had six kids running around with two bathrooms. Nobody complained about it. I mean, they beat the out of each other. But, you know, every so that for me, that was just... Again, that security, that comfort, that mm-hmm. you know, I got, I got, I got some good, solid people around here, and none of them preached, none of them, you know, handed you the Bible because they just weren't those kind of people. But they live their faith in mm-hmm. their own quiet ways. Yeah, they live their faith. You know what you're talking about makes me think about you know growing up. As I said, I grew up on Guam, age two to seventeen, until I grew up there. And it was community. People, we'd same thing. We lived in small houses. We all were together. And there there were no old folks' homes. There was no assisted living because the grandparents lived with the families. Everybody was all together. And it was all about community. It was all about serving each other, being there for each other, generously offering to one another. So you're right. People just lived that. And, you know, we think about what what happened during COVID. One of the big things that happened during COVID was this whole isolation um, that's what people have been dealing with is isolation, and that's led to so much depression. It's it's led to anxiety. It's led to um, uh, violence. It's led to so much. And yet what you're describing is people weren't isolated partly because they weren't living in these huge mansions where they all had their own place. I, I remember a girlfriend telling me one time that her family moved into a home when her younger sisters um, were in middle school high school age she was older she she'd left the house and our parents moved into a new home where everybody had their own floor um it was in another country they each had their own floor and she said i think that was the beginning of the end of my family that everybody was isolated on their own floor of this home and nobody was uh you know together anymore so how crazy is that okay so how if we think about this um how has i think we'd answered some of this about this inheritance, how it served you. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 16, 6, and it's where David says, um, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places, and indeed my inheritance is beautiful to me. 
um, that, you know, what we gain from God and how he's aligned these, he's given us these heritages, these inheritances. It is beautiful. But how are you, um, how do you see you guys, your, how have they blessed you? Um, maybe how are you using these gifts that you got from your parents for God? Or maybe how would you like to use them? Yeah, that's a pretty full question. It is quite a full honestly. question. Yeah. Because unfortunately, it's easy to step back and say, I've really missed a lot. And, mm. you know, again, anybody that says I have no regrets is a liar, in my right. opinion. So right. if anybody out there hears me and they disagree, come find me. <laughs> I said that once and I regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I think if you really drill down on your life, you can sit back and say, you know what, I could have done something a little differently, a little better. You know, mm. looking at my marriage, looking at my kids. Um, I'm humbled by the show. I'm humbled by John. I'm humbled by you in the way you talk about, you know, here's what we said the rosary every day at home. But we haven't done that. I mean, we we do our thing. I guess, you know, when you ask of what gifts, um, the gift of just trying to let my kids be who God intended them to be. Mm, that's try, try to, uh, look at, I screw that up all the time. And you kind of want to put your thumb down. But really, I'm trying to understand, and you said it, Mari, each one of us is a unique mm -hmm. gift from God mm -hmm. with our own unique personalities, our own unique talents, and our own unique gifts. My job is not to form you in my image and my likeness, which I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, my job is to discern what God wants right. and say, God, how do I best treat my daughter, who's very different personality maybe than my son or my son, whatever, and quite honestly, even with my wife, who's got a very different personality than I do. And it's taken me 32 years in the next two weeks of marriage. Congratulations. To kind of go, you know what? It's okay that we're different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's tough. Yeah. And you're different because God wanted you to be different and to help each other become saints, you know, and yeah. We'll celebrate the differences. Yeah. I mean, we sit in a world today that, that says you know, stand up and be different as long as you agree with me and conform to everything I want you to do. It's like, right. well, you don't want me to be different. And you look back and say, Peter was very different than John. John was very different than Andrew. Andrew was very different than... And God pulled every one of these knuckleheads together. You each have a unique gift. Yeah. What are we doing with it? Yeah. 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 And well, it's no different. Yeah. I, we got like seconds left. When you were saying, when your mom said, I chose to give you the gift of me versus cars and stuff like that, the thought that went through my mind was, had she not done that, you would probably not be sitting in front of this microphone. Not that you wouldn't exist, but you would not have the spirit and mm -hmm. the and the and whatever all that is that lets that good come out and actually come out in front of a microphone. So yeah, so I, I would so. say, you know, I don't know what you regret, but you don't have to regret that. Yeah. Well, yeah. she'll be here next week, and you oh. can meet her. Yeah. And uh, I think we should interview her. <laughs> I, I said the same thing. I think we should. <laughs> exactly. So, listeners, if you're just tuning in, you are here with us in the family room, and we are thankful for you to have, have you join us. And we're talking about what we've inherited from our moms and our dads as we get ready to honor them in these coming months. And then how do we use what we've inherited from them um, to glorify God. So um, stay tuned. We'll be back with you in just a few seconds. We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Versprite on the Quest. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. Here at The Quest, we often hear how our programs touch hearts and change lives. Now more than ever, 
People need to hear the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith. As a 100% listener-supported station, the Quest relies on monthly donations to stay on the air. Please consider making a monthly donation to the Quest and help us continue to provide inspiring Catholic programming. Monthly donors are the lifeblood of the station. Visit thequestatlanta.com to donate. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. Does your parish, charitable organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160, the Quest Community Calendar. It's easy and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of the Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. This is Lisa Popchek from More to Life. Catholic Radio changes lives. It's for you, with you, every single day. Whether you're rejoicing over something and you need a community to share that with, or you're struggling with something and you need a community to support you. We're here for you every day to teach you about your faith and to help you live it. This is your home, and we're always here for you. Thanks to our friends at EWTN, our programming is provided free of charge. But this station has other expenses that must be paid to keep the doors open and the lights on. Support of your local Catholic radio station helps keep shows like More to Life available in your area. No matter the amount, your gift works to make a difference for you, for others, and for the future of Catholic radio. Please prayerfully consider making a gift right now. We'll talk to you soon. To donate, log on to thequestatlanta.com. Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig, sponsored by Versprite on AM 1160 The Quest. Before our break, we were talking about the many blessings that we receive from our parents and our grandparents and how God was the one who gave each of those people to us. I mean, he's the one who gave us our inheritance, our heritage mm-hmm. um, for specific purposes. So as we think about that, it's interesting to think about he already knew, you know, so, for example, I've heard people say, don't ask your kids, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Ask them instead what do you think God wants you to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. I think it's such a cool way to ask that question because God's given each of us experiences and gifts and blessings that he knows he wants you to use, or he's giving you the ability to be able to use this for his glory and for his purposes. Um, So as you guys think about those gifts that you got from your, your parents, your grandparents, the ones that you expressed before we, um, before the first half of our time, are there ways that you see that God's given you opportunities to use those gifts and those blessings? I, I think I mentioned it earlier, but I, I see a lot of my dad come out at work, mm-hmm. um, it, how I approach people. So I, I, I think I, I see that a lot. I remember 
in our parish in Charlotte, uh, Monsignor Karen. What an amazing man. And he was given a homily. And he said, and for all you parents out there who are scared to death about how your children will turn out, mm. stop worrying. They will be exactly like you. Hmm. <laughs> and there was an audible gasp in the congregation, right? Because they're like, please no. But, but yeah, that's just going to be. In fact, I tell Barb, I'm like, remember my dad? Just take a good hard look because that's what it's going to be, mm -hmm. right? And I don't mean that in a negative sense, um, but I think uh, how I approach how I approach work, how I approach people, how I approach our kids. My dad was a, as gentle a man as you want to be, but there were definite boundaries. Yeah. And they were hard, and to cross them... There were consequences. Exactly. Yeah. And I've had that with our own children, and sometimes got it right, sometimes not, but I, I see that in our kids. And I know you're going to talk a little bit about kids and stuff, Mari. Yeah. And I'm anxious to go there, because when you look at your kids, you realize... Well, I know where he got that. And, or other times like, wow, she is just like her mother. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, so that's yeah. so I, I'm not sure that was a good answer, but that was no, my yeah, answer. Yeah, that's great. That was a great that's answer, great. but it was interesting because when you said boundaries, you know, we, we denote freedom as no boundaries. Mm. Yeah. And yet God denotes freedom as do whatever you want within, within, boundaries, within yeah. these boundaries. And I do think another thing you talk about what parents gave back then, my parents set boundaries. Yeah. A lot of freedom, mm -hmm. as long as you operated within a certain... Mm -hmm. The boundaries were tighter when I was younger, and as you proved yourself that you could handle that responsibility, they expanded those boundaries and so we trust you. Yeah. We trust you to yeah. make the right decisions. And I think that's huge, too, because today, you know, so often it's, well, how do you feel? Go do what you feel. You, I think you mentioned, too, about your kids and, and their jobs. You know, what do you want to be? Well, unless I'm formed mentally and emotionally and spiritually the right way, well, I want to be whatever's going to make the most money, right? Mm, yeah. yeah. And I think it's it really is that defining of, yeah. all right, what are your skills? What are your talents? What gifts did God give you? And continue to point back to what did God give you? Mm -hmm. Because I, I, look, I don't think we do that enough. I think we look yeah. too much at how pretty some girl is, how handsome the guy is, how athletic they are. And... Too often we stand back and we say, well, that's me. Look what I did. Mm -hmm. I was this. I was that. And very seldom do we say, yeah, but God gave you right. those gifts. Right, right. God yeah. made me six foot six. I didn't do that on my own. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. Well, you know, and talking about boundaries, I, th I think one of the key things to recognize, too, is that is a gift. Learning how to be obedient is a gift. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling my kids when they were little, I my job is to teach you to obey me so that someday you can obey God because he's going to be the master of your life for the whole, your whole life. Once you move out of my house, I'm not, I'm not the boss of you anymore, but he will always be the boss of you. And you need to know that. And so that's a gift of learning how to be obedient so that you can then be obedient to God. And you're obedient to God, not because he's some hard, difficult tyrant, tyrant master, right? Yeah. You're obedient to God because he wants the best for you and he knows what's the best for you. And so if you can submit yourself to his purposes for your life and, um, and do what he's calling you to do, you are going to have the best, most wonderful life, right? Oh, yeah. Side question. Yeah. Because you talk about that, right? Do you, either of you have any experiences of tough times you've been through mm -hmm. that because of maybe how your parents taught you to deal with that, you approached it in a manner that made you stronger, that helped form virtue in you anyway, or helped you 
stand up taller. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say any time that I encountered difficulty and came through correctly, I would attribute to my parents. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if I messed it up, it's because I decided I was going to wrestle this monster myself. And um, I, I absolutely, hands down. And and that includes being perseverance and prayer mm-hmm. and and getting it done. Yeah. And I think for me, part of it is being willing to be different. You know, my parents were adventurers. They were off doing things that were outside the norm. I think my mom sometimes joked that she was the black sheep of her family. And I think in today's society, especially as a Christian, a Catholic Christian, I am the black sheep in a lot of places. You know, I'm thinking about situations where just recently with one of my kids where I was the only parent who kind of set a boundary. None of the other parents did. And I had to be the different one. And I had to be the one that looked not cool. And um, I had to have my daughter look at me like, I really know you're not cool. But you know what? She thanked me afterwards. She thanked me afterwards. But I had to be willing to be different. And I think my parents showed that you can be go off, be adventurous, do things that other people don't do, and it's okay to be different. You yeah. don't have to conform. Yeah. yeah I, no, I like that. That was great. That is yeah. Great. What about you? You asked the question. Did you have a thought in mind about it? Uh, you know, I think it was, and John brought it up. Um, my, my, my mother had a funny saying when things went wrong. She's like, all right, you get an hour max to pout. And I, and, and I, that, and I, I mean, no, no lie. Um, even to the point when her mother was uh, depressed about something, and then my mother was much younger, and she was at home still. Basically, told my my grandmother evidently to get her tail off the couch and get dressed and get moving. So you know, my mother was like, "Look, you don't have time to pout. You you, know, you have nothing." And the whole idea of, you know, bad things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel bad. It's okay to kind of sit in it for a while, but then mm-hmm. kick yourself in the tail, mm-hmm. get back up and say, okay, where are we going to go from here? Mm-hmm. And turning that today into, all right, God, what, where have you shown up in my life in these difficult times that I can draw back on mm-hmm. and say thanks? Yeah. I mean, I've had major knee surgeries. I gave up a basketball career. And, you know, it's easy when people are going through problems to go, oh, well, I, you know, I did much... Th- no, God just simply took me where I was and said, I got a different plan. Right. And I can today, when I'm in the worst of worst moods, try to look back and say, yeah, you know what? You didn't leave me back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why today right. mm-hmm. magically are you going to disappear? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And, and you know. By the way, John's laughing over here. Why are you laughing, Because it's so true. It's like you, I, you, you say, yeah, you've seen a thousand times in your life how he works. And a thousand and first mm-hmm. time, you're like, are you really you, you going to do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you saying that reminded me, that's, that was one of the things that my parents were saying, is, is that that wasn't God's plan. You know, God had a different plan. And so we were always, okay, well, if that didn't work out, God had a different plan. Let's go look for the different plan. That's yeah, so exciting yeah. and that's so fun. That's great. That's really good. Yeah. You are you are strange. You are a black sheep. <laughs> I, I never said that was fun. Let's go find this out. I'm like, oh, darn. Okay, God, here we go again. Uh, yeah. I like your approach much better. Yeah. It's a better approach. A yeah, approach. and I think my I think my parents, um, my dad especially, had a glass half full kind of mentality. And, you know, what's the... 
what yeah where we're going with this so it's kind of fun so we, you you touched on it a second ago our kids so yeah. think about our kids and it's so fun right you oh. know when they're first born everybody's like oh whose nose do they have or <laughs> whatever right but as they get older you start to see the person come out. the person yeah. come out and you start yeah. to see oh my gosh who are they like and i always do i do say this to my kids I, kids every great attribute you have you got from your father every bad one you got from me <laughs> i do say that because my husband is incredibly humble and um he's just so generous and so humble and so willing to forgive and i'm not and um so it's and i see that in, i love in, your honesty i see that in both my kids they are humble and they are generous and they are both so willing to forgive and it's it's beautiful getting to see that so yeah. what kind of things do you guys see in your kids that they've they've inherited those blessings um so how how their mind works is funny like because like i'm like I think cert certain, like, you know, from being around me, like my, I just don't have a normal mind <laughs> and, and it's okay. I've learned to live with it. Um, God gave me beautiful hair instead. And um, when you said glass half full, yeah. like Susanna, she's a really smart kid. We used to tease her cause she would, she would just say s silly things. But one time she, I was getting to give her the lecture is a glass half empty or half full. And she's like, well, dad, I'm optimistic. Maybe maybe the glass is half empty because I'm trying to empty it, not fill it. Oh, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> how do you come over that, right? But how their minds work, um, I do. I see, like Rebecca. I say if I want to get, if I'm going to pick a person to get in a foxhole with, mm. and if I pick the wrong one, we're coming out in body bags, and if I pick the right one, we win. I'm getting in with Rebecca. That's no diss on my other two children. The woman is a fearsome warrior. Mm. She, oh my gosh, but everything that makes her a fearsome warrier, oh, right? And <laughs> so it's, that's her father. Her, right? That is her father. Like it's, I say, well, it could be stubborn. It could be determined. Yeah. Right? Yep. It's like, so, so she got that from yeah, you. Yeah. And, and Susanna is Barbara, walking Barbara. Doesn't know a stranger. We'll do anything for you. But when time comes, get stuff done, you better get it done. Right? That's and then funny. Chris is just... Chris is just Chris, man. He is a treat. Yeah. You know what? I realize how we're talking about mothers. The bond between a mother and a son, or a mm -hmm. mother and a child, mm -hmm. in, in general, can never be understood by a father. I mean, we can love them to death, but it can never be understood because we never carried them. Yeah. The bond between Barb and Chris is so awesome to see. It's just like, it's. I don't know. I see him as a little guy and now at 40 years old. And sometimes I see the exact same interactions. It's beautiful. It's yeah. a wonderful thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting too, because again, the, the things in ourselves that are God's biggest gifts are sometimes our biggest challenges. Mm -hmm. And you look at your kids, you know, and my daughter, God love her, my son, both very academically driven one doesn't have to study and he gets all the grades and does everything. My daughter st gets the grades, but she studies nonstop. Mm -hmm. But it's again, that drive and determination and my son will do it in other areas. But to your point, John, you know, Christian's a really, really big kid and he's got a heart bigger than he is. Mm -hmm. um, he's, he's always the one that's, you know, I'm going to go protect somebody. I'm going to go do this or that. Um, even in today's world where there are a lot, now, they're not saints. So I want to make sure I'm clear on that. Um, but in, in a world today where it's, there's no issue with, you know, would you send me naked pictures of yourself and things like that? To my knowledge, to this point, Christian, little girl was going to do it. And he was like, 
look at don't do that. Yeah. And this was a few years ago. He's so eighteen he was now. To step in. And, well, he says yeah. he says don't do that. Number one, I don't want him, and number two, we're, we're, I'm not going to be friends anymore. Not because, but I just don't want to go down that path. And the girl called him back or texted him whatever it was, and she was like two grades below him, and she was almost in tears and thanked him because mm. yeah. she said, "Well, every other guy I talk to does this." And again, I want to be clear. He's not a saint. Right. But the point is he was willing to step up for something that he saw that he just was like a boundary. Let me me put it that way, a boundary. Right. Right. So, yeah, no, and I've told, I've said multiple times, I mean, he's a better man than I'll ever want to be because he's he's willing to, you know, say, no, I'm not going to go down that Mm -hmm. path. Mm -hmm. Um, And you see the, you know, Gabrielle is like me in some ways, a lot like Kelly and other and there's that beauty just in her natural disposition like Kelly's and just that, you know, willing to uh, willing to fight. She's definitely <laughs> she's definitely got that mama bear to be mm-hmm. sensibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't mess with, you know, the family, especially her little brother. And yep. she's going to let you know if you do. So now they're both very different, but very similar in that. And they are approaching their faith individually. They've told mm-hmm. me both. You know, Dad, this has got to be my faith. Mm-hmm. This has got to not, I, you can't make me have your faith. Mm-hmm. And it caused me to step back and kind of go, you know what, again, um, Psalm, uh, was it Psalm 48 or whatever? Be still and know that I'm God. Mm-hmm. God saying, I've got them. Yeah. I'll bring them to me, mm-hmm. but in my own way and yeah. in their own way. And I, and I right. see it happening slowly, but surely with both of them. And it's beautiful. Yeah. So what you're talking about is how God is calling them to the, to him and calling them out, <clears throat> you know, and that was part of my question too, as we look at our kids, you know, what, what have they gotten, but also how are we calling those blessings out in mm-hmm. them? You know, as I said, they inherited these things. I can see um, from just these blessings that they've received from George. But I also know that there were times where when they were little, I, I noticed things in them and I called those things out. You know, my daughter, you talk about a big heart. Oh my gosh, this is the child who at the age of two is sitting on my lap in Beauty and the Beast bawling hysterically. And I'm like, why are you crying? And she said, the beast is so sad. And I'm thinking from a child development point, you don't, you can't, you're not supposed to notice that yet. You know, that's not something that you should be able to notice. But we would drive by homeless people in the street and the child in her car seat would start weeping. Um, She just has this amazing heart for God's people and this amazing sensitivity. And so I called out at a young age and talked to her about her compassion. You have such a gift of compassion. You have a gift of compassion and, and incur, you know, please encourage. And I would tell her, you know, encourage your brother. That's your, you know, your role in your brother's life. Encourage your brother. She's the most amazing encourager. She reads to me the text that she sent, she sends to these young girls that she knows, um, with her, whether it was in her small group or even now at college, other girls who are struggling. And she sends these texts of encouragement. And it's just been so beautiful to see and to hear that. And then my son, um, he's never met a stranger, you know, kind of We're like getting ready to meet John. He's going to yeah, be gonna close get to, to both yeah, of Yeah, you will yeah. be. So he's never met a stranger at, at a very young age. I started, I took him to start working in um, assisted living homes. And at the age of eight, our first time we went, he met all the older people. And he, uh, after our first day there, he said, um, mom, can we go back again this afternoon? Because they have bingo and I want to play bingo with them. I mean, oh he, gosh. and then he That's became funny. the leader of their bingo. It was hilarious. 
serious, but he's never made a stranger and people of all ages. And, um, but he's a protector. And I had told him at a young age, protect your sister. And just like you said with Christian, you know, these girls that have gotten themselves into a bit of trouble in high school and college, he's the one who's grabbing them off the dance floor away from the scary stranger. He's the one sitting in the bathroom holding their hair back when they've had too much to drink. That's that's who he is, you know. That's awesome. um, and he's the protector, and it's beautiful. But calling those out. So if you're just tuning in, you are here with us in the family room, and today we're talking about blessings, the ones we've inherited and then the ones that we've seen our children inherit, and how to encourage those and call those out, especially in our children's lives, so that they can be better equipped for facing what's going on in the world today so that they can walk into the calling that God has for them and their hearts, but also how they can change the world. We want, you know, the kingdom of God begins at home and then it flows out from there. And we want them to be kingdom people who go out and and impact the world in beautiful, beautiful ways. So are there additional things that you guys have thoughts around that, supporting or encouraging these gifts in your children? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's where you bring up a challenge because Mm. some of those things can be, you know, problematic if your child is too independent or your child Mm. is too, look at, you guys kid me about being the loudest person in the room. I don't even try. No, that's just David. (laughs) That's what Dave, Dave Savage, his name's Dave Savage. Savage. That's what he does to me. Savage Dave. He's our producer. Uh-oh. Dave, you know Uh-oh. what? Here. Now try. Now try talking. <laughs> <laughs> Dave you know. has I, the buttons. I control the buttons. No, but I mean, oh, okay. Never mind. There, there okay, go. here we go. Okay, I'm back. Um, no, but I think the truth is not being so challenged where we squelch mm-hmm. in our kids, ourselves, mm-hmm. whatever, but really prayerfully say, God, what do you want me to do here? Mm-hmm. And again, with not this, with what, his child. Yes, mm-hmm. not not yeah. not. Yeah. What do I want to do necessarily? Mm-hmm. How how do I how do I bring out those gifts mm-hmm. and make sure they don't go off a rail? You mm-hmm. know, where a kid could be very entrepreneurial and he could be a con artist, yeah. or he could be very entrepreneurial and he can start a company. I mean, it's just what what yeah. what, what, what am I doing yeah. with that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think it's just constantly saying, God, you know. Get, with God's grace, you can do anything you want to mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. You know, sit in what He wants, and you can do anything. Don't listen to the people that are telling you who you should be, who you shouldn't be. Yeah, be who God wants you to be. And it's like, well, I don't get that. That I don't. That doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Well, go ask Him. Go talk about it. Mm-hmm. And and what you've done a great job of always is when you point out the positives. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. much easier for them to go. I guess I'm okay. I guess I'm good. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, um, and it might have been Jeff Cavins that I heard this from. There's a line in in the Book of Wisdom that says, "Lead your children as they should go." Mm, as they should go. And I always yeah. interpreted that, you know, lead your children as they should go. Like this is what you should do, and not not the intention at all. It's like understand your children and mm-hmm. lead them as they should go, mm-hmm. right? So if one is you know bent in a particular direction, then you encourage that, mm-hmm. and and it took. I don't. I was fully grown, and probably our kids were grown before I understood that. Barbara probably was always better about that than I am. I was very much like my dad in that regard, always very proud and pleased, but like, nice job, good job, and then that's it. And or when my son ran track, I mean, it's, it's the encouragement part that you talk about that leads them as mm-hmm. they should go. You recognize that, mm-hmm. Mari, and did yeah. that. And, and I think Barb, maybe it's moms, or maybe you do it, Craig. 
better than well, I had, well, and I had some moms who said, you know, I'm not great at encouraging. They said I'm very, I'm kind of very black and white about things, and mm -hmm. I don't notice, and some I don't always encourage. And so I was talking to those moms, and I said, you know, the other ways that you can encourage and bring gifts out of your children is to ask them to teach you things they're good at. You know, so you can do that. So, for example, Lily is really into fashion. She loves fashion. I, on the other hand, have no eye for fashion. It's not anything that's important to me. But instead of in, it, seeing it as, oh, my gosh, we just don't mix. We, yeah, we see the yeah. things totally different. She likes this. I don't like this. I'm think, my, my opportunity is to say, can you teach me about this? Can you help me? Can you, you know, I need to buy a dress for a certain occasion. Can you help me find what would look good? Can you help me find something that look, would be that your dad would really like? You know, so having her use her giftedness um, to teach me and to help me and let and let her walk into it instead of going, oh my gosh, what a stupid gift you have, right? <laughs> right, and, and just really appreciating it and seeing it a little bit differently. I think that's another way to see it. Uh, could I just drop something? Yeah. Honestly, totally unrelated, but just drop something in here because it, it's it was on my heart as I thought about this also, and and certainly we, we haven't talked anything about prayer. We only have two minutes left. Maybe we can do another show on that just with that. that. But I want to ask or speak about Mary and devotion. Mm, yes. And and I will tell you, in my opinion, and in our family, again, we prayed the rosary every night, and we would find excuses to go to the bathroom and all kinds of different things. So I wasn't a holy guy at that point. But the Mary and devotion, and we Mother's Day coming up. There, there is such a powerful source of grace of, I, I just, I, I don't know how to get it out, but I would say that it's huge. If you, in, if you, if you have it, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't get it, it's an amazing, amazing gift that we have in, you know, well, and I guess the way so that I've recently mother. learned, because I, I did not grow up saying the rosary, and it wasn't part of what we did as a family, but what I've learned is that um, Mary's the one that, that God gave her the opportunity to um, decide where the graces go, right? Yes. She gets to choose and just kind of like moms know that kid needs more of that, that kid needs more of this, that she's the one that a lot of the graces flow um, because she's up there interceding. Yep. Yeah, so yep. I think that's really cool. The other, here's another quick thing I want to put in there too, is are there people who've gone before you in life who you can ask, who are now in the communion of saints in heaven, who can ask to intercede for your kids? So Lily, my Lily got from my mom, this eye for beauty and this artistry. I don't have it, but my mom is in heaven and I can say, hey mom, she's got a test on whatever, you know, fabric and all this. Can you pray for her? You When you intercede for her, can you talk to Jesus about Lily and how she can use this gift of beauty in a way that I could not necessarily know how to pray about that? So that's it's just another, yeah. a little really technique yeah. that I think would be kind of cool. A little no, I like cool. that. Yeah. So what have we learned? Your children will be just like you. No. <laughs> and God's got a plan. A, it is yeah. an amazing gift. It's an amazing gift, right? And, yeah. But man, sometimes unwrapping them is tough. Yeah. But it's it's the gift we get to have, right? Okay. We get to get we get to have that. So why don't we pray for our kids as we finish up? What All about right. that? You guys want to do that? Absolutely, sure. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. In the name of the Father, Father and Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you and we thank you that the um 
the lines have fallen to us in pleasant places and our our heritage is beautiful. So thank you for these gifts that you've given us, the gifts of our parents, our grandparents, and especially the gifts of our children. And we just ask that that you would um, guide us and direct us and, and encourage us to be better parents, to be parents who call out the giftedness in each of our children so that they would go forth and glorify you and love your people throughout this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father and Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wonderful to be with you guys. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. And um, listeners, we're so thankful you were with us. Please tune in again next week here in the Family Room, where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to am1160thequest.com.